You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Monday, 27 November. Zida, car company, not agri-company. Results due later today. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. And thank you to Nampu for standing in for me last week on the show today. Nakunza von Sunlam, if, I suppose, when uh, rates start coming down, what's the impact going to be? To take some shine off the banks of the sectors we should look at? We're going to chat with uh, Dave Tortman from AME. They had a, a fairly good set of results and what I suspect is probably a fairly tough market. Uh, and then Kamal Govan, he's from Allen Gray. We're looking at some cautious optimism, some African businesses providing some decent performance across the continent. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb, post, post Office, Domino's Fall, a state starts defaulting on debts to itself. Somehow it owes SARS $700 million. Uh, Business Day, Treasury and banks hit back at RAND manipulation claims. Messages loud and clear, alleged currency collusion has not hurt the currency according to Treasury and the banks. Morning markets, US was mixed, S&P up 0.1%, NASDAQ down 0.1%. Over in the east, it's red, Sydney's off 0.7%, Tokyo down 0.4%. Commodities mostly green, gold, man, had a good week, 2031. Brent, 79.73, which is your red, platinum, 9.32, palladium. 1,074. Rand, 1870. Bitcoin, 27,300. Tencent down 0.8% in Hong Kong. Top 40 opening call, 214 points down. That is about a third of a percent. Uh, and a correction of the Rand, 1882. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Turning now with uh, Nick Kunza, Senior Portfolio Manager at uh, Sunland Private Wealth. Nick, appreciate the time. Uh, we had the MPC last week, no change. We had the Fed the week before that, also no change. If, and I appreciate it might be a big if, if rates have peaked and start coming down in the new year, I mean, are, are there some sectors we can look at and say this is going to, to help them? Uh, should we look at banks, banks and start to worry that they might lose some of that Jaws effect and take some shine off the profits? Sam, good morning to you. Yeah, I mean, lots of lots of central bank meetings have, have come down, and, and guess I guess chalked up their last uh, last meetings of the year. And uh, offshore, uh, I think markets almost entirely have dismissed the prospects of any further monetary tightening. I mean, if you look at uh, the prospects for rate cuts, uh, eurozone, UK, US. I think they're looking talking about cuts as, as early as June, yeah. which is a complete reversal from uh, from a year or so, uh, from a, a couple of months ago, uh, and then of course uh, South Africa as well. I mean, uh, I think we've been front loading it quite honestly. I think Mr. Kanyagi and his MPC have been extremely hawkish. Uh, they've been raising rates sort of a quarter, half percent when we're only factoring in a quarter. So uh, I think we've we've pretty much done for now as well. So I guess uh, for investors, where do you where do you place yourself? Where do you make your money? Uh, you mentioned banks. I think banks are uh, probably uh, still continue to make profits. The yields are sort of attractive, but I think you need to look more at the retailers, um, Simon. I think uh, that sort of space. You know, the consumers is, you know, let's see if he's still spending. Uh, a little bit of a cut would, would certainly help uh, going into the uh, into the first or second quarter. So I'd look at the the retailers. Uh, and just in general, I, you know, I suspect um, 
with these interest rates coming down uh, globally, that will certainly lead to a, a, a weaker dollar. And you alluded to the price of gold this morning as well. Uh, I think commodities, which have been absolutely hammered in some sectors, you know, they do a little bit of a bounce off, off, off that weaker dollar. So I think you need to play that weaker dollar play in, in, into the, the sort of first half of next year. Yeah, that's a good point. And gold, I mean, I'd, you know, I've been away for a week and gold is up, I don't know, mm. $30, $40, suddenly nicely mm. above 2000 Usually that's, a, you know, where's the crisis out there? But to your point, this is actually more about the dollar story. All about the dollar. It, it's of course there is risk. I mean, the risks obviously sure, remain. Sure. But if you look at other asset classes like the VIX volatility index, you know they're pricing in pretty much zero risk. So, the, so this is all about the dollar. I mean, the dollar has been an absolute charge. I mean, that Dixie sitting, you know, down at one of four, one of six yeah. at one point has come back a bit. But uh, the dollar has run over everything in its path. So I think the dollar is due a little bit of weakness. We see that Fed FUD rates come in quite significantly. So, so I guess you know, for me, the sort of uh, the playbook. In the first couple of months of next year is is what do we do when we get this dollar continuing to weaken going into next year quick last question leisure stocks we had a city mm. lodge update last week i hadn't looked at them in a in a little bit i was going through they seem to have i don't know they seem to have i suppose lost the the, the, the enthusiasm they had at the at the beginning of the year pressed in to a degree I think priced in. I mean, it was, I thought it was quite a you know decent set yeah. of numbers. Vacancies were were near the highs they were pre-COVID, and uh, uh, I see room rates have gone up. I think eight or nine percent. Correct me if I'm wrong. So mm. you know they look they look like a half decent set of numbers and heading into the Christmas season. You know, I guess there's two things at play here, Simon. I think firstly, I think a lot of stale bills. Uh, a lot of people who own yeah. the stock are really long the stock, so very few other people to buy it. I mean, of course, I mean let's not uh, go on too much about it, but I think liquidity on the JSC, that small cap space. Uh, only adding to to the lack of sort of uh, I don't know depth or buyers as well. But uh, those shareholders who do hold it, uh, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I think it's a, a very good set of numbers, and I think they'll start to to play going forward. Nikun's the senior portfolio manager, Sunlam Private Wealth. Always appreciate the early morning. A poll today on LinkedIn and X is about those interest rates. When do you expect or hope that they will start coming down? I mean, some people are saying March, June. I mean, it just the, the change has been quite phenomenal. Have your vote, have your say. LinkedIn and X. When you stay invested over time in Stanlib's Global Multi-Strategy Diversified Growth Fund, your money's in for some smooth sailing. With our global partners, J.P. Morgan Asset Management at the helm, your money can withstand the pressure and bad weather day-to-day market conditions cause. All aboard? Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Training now with uh, Dave Tiltman. He's CEO of AME. Disclaimer, MoneyWeb is a subsidiary of AME. Uh, results for six months ending s- September. Revenue up 11%. Headline earnings per share up 39%. Dividend unchanged at uh, 100 cents, but there was a repurchase of 120,000 shares during the period. Dave, appreciate the early morning time. I see revenue up 11%. HEPs up 39%. That tells me a, a simple story of, of really managing costs incredibly well during the period. Is that a fair shout? Yes, thank you, Simon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, managing costs vital uh, for any business, um, but I think also you know we've we've worked really hard on our on our audio strategy, and I think that's coming coming home to roost now with our our, our audio brands and our radio brands. That is one of the beauties of, of, of audio, of radio in, in, in particular, is that leverage effect. If you're picking up market share, you pick up revenue uh, with, an, with a largely unchanged cost base. So are, are you gaining market share across some of your, your brands? Um, 
I must be honest and say that it's rather stable than gaining. Mm -hmm. I think we we operate in secondary markets. So our brands are have been around for close to 36, 37 <laughs> years. Yeah. And they're very hyper-local. So we, we have a strong controlling audience base in the Eastern Cape and Central South Africa. And that's really, really helped us a lot. I get your point. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. Sorry, but I, I think yeah, our, our sales function is, is, is very strong and, and we sell across a number of radio fronts in South Africa as well, not just our own brands. Yeah, I suppose that is it. it it's more across that. I mean, ad spend, I would look back at the six-month period which what, to September, which we're talking around. It has been, it's been a tough period for the consumer. We're just chatting inflation. We're talking uh, interest rates and the like. Is, is ad spend harder to, to get as the economy struggles? Um, definitely. I mean, ad spend is difficult. Um, but as I said, you know, I think the brands realize that we, we, we operate in very strong local markets and they want to be part of that. And I think, you know, our, our plan really is to, to grow on the audio side. And, and that's been really, that's really worked because we've almost got a national footprint in our sales function. You mentioned audio. A lot of that now these days, including this show right here, is 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 moving onto the online. And I'm imagining your your big brands. You mentioned Eastern Cape. You mentioned Central South Africa. They they're over the air, but they're also moving to the online space as well. Yeah. So we we, we devised a, a digital strategy or an audio strategy for the group, and we've also managed to, in the last uh, month and a half, launch uh, an audio app called Listen which is kind of uh, the market leader at the moment in South Africa, which was nice to be a first, first to market for, for ourselves as a small media group. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a massive opportunity. We've also seen an increase in our, in our digital uh, sales function. So, you know, it's, it's, it's big percentages, small numbers, but it's certainly uh, putting us on the map and, and it's making a, a difference for the group, yeah. And that is the trend. I mean, I, I think globally, I, I think Spotify, who, who went very big into, into uh, uh, podcasting and the like, th that certainly is, is, is the trend. The, the radio stations stay. This is a, an add-on, an extra, rather than a, a, a taking market, a t sort of taking listeners off, off, off the usual terrestrial. 100%. So, I mean, I think it's, it's all new markets, really. It, generally, generally, the audio or the digital space um, attracts a, a younger market, mm -hmm. um, accessing, accessing um, their, their mobile phones to, to listen to brands. And um, I think for us, you know, the, the radio side is our, our biggest strength, and we continue to focus on that. But as you said, um, moving into audio and digital for all the brands is critical. And, and, and as you know, MoneyWeb is... Is kind of the leader in, in, in that space in our group, yeah. Hey, we've got an election next year. Do, do you expect to see an, an uptick in, 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 in spend from, from political parties? Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough one. I mean, obviously, it, it is a, a, an in, there is always an increase in revenue. It's not massive, mm -hmm. but, it, but it is an important one. And, and the fact that it comes around every, every four years, I guess, is, is vital. And we need to take that opportunity. Um, and um, yeah, that that comes up hopefully sometime next year. Yeah, Kaira uh, FM, um, which you have, and sort an indirect economic but not controlling interest in, uh, and you increase that stake. Explain the process there, and and, and how much you, you you've now got of of, of Kaira FM. Well, we we hold a hundred percent economic non-controlling interest in Makhotsi, mm -hmm. and Makhotsi has always had a five percent stake in Kaira, but. We've now managed to, to take on the, um, the, the New Africa Investments percentage of 24.9. So that takes Mahfouti's shielding entire to, 
to 29. Uh, and I think that's vital because if you look at our strategy, most of our brands are in secondary markets. Mm-hmm. And from a, from a vital perspective, this gives us access to uh, a primary market radio station that's operating in Gauteng and, and definitely has, 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 has operated well. But I, I think it, it can do a lot better and we're quite excited to be playing a part in that in the future. We live there. That's Dave Torpin, CEO of AME Talking Results. Appreciate the early morning. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Training now with uh, Kamal Govan from Alan Gray. Come on, appreciate the early morning. If we look to sort of north of our borders and to the rest of the, the African uh, continent, I think a lot of folks probably pay far too little attention to opportunities there. Uh, certainly, always challenges in any market. Uh, but a recent note you put out, that there certainly are some, some, some really good opportunities and sort of structural changes, perhaps, in, in thinking Nigeria, that are, are offering investors some opportunities in the markets. Good morning, Simon. Uh, lovely to be on your show. Uh, you're spot on. I think um, north of our borders, you know, uh, uh, less paid attention to, as you said, but uh, certainly great opportunities. I think we, we in broad strokes, if we, you know, when, when we mm. talk about uh, some of the investment opportunities on the continent, we often think more risk than opportunity. But I think there, there's obviously that balance between um, some of these riskier countries or perceived to be riskier countries and some of the opportunities we see. So, you alluded to Nigeria, um, you know, for a long time, the market moved from very attractive all the way to not attractive at all to uninvestable. Uh, and now we've had an election there recently and, and the new president is making very positive changes uh, for the country. So examples would be removing this very costly fuel subsidy, yeah. uh, getting a market friendly central bank governor in there to, you know, to help with uh, kind of the FX regime, which has been a, a mess, if I can say so. Uh, and so things like that, you know, moving in the right direction creates great opportunity. And, and you know, for us, it's exactly when sentiment is really bad that we get very excited. Um, so you, you spot on. We're seeing that in, in, in multiple reg- uh, countries across the region. I, I take your point. I mean, it comes back to, I mean, we're investors, right? There's never not risk. It's about managing that risk reward. And if we stick with Nigeria for a moment, it, it's going to be a process. This isn't an overnight uh, uh, thing that will change their, 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 their sort of currency market. But it's moving in that right direction. And, and 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 when folks are scared, there's definitely some opportunity there. That, that's exactly it. So uh, you know, incremental steps in the right direction. You know, you, we, we must take a step back and think to ourselves. You know, Nigeria is not, not not a small country where things mm-hmm. happen quickly. Uh, it's a massive country. It's lots of political play. Uh, there's lots of kind of uh, investors involved, regulations, this, whatever the case might be. You know, it, it takes lots of time to move a big ship like that. Uh, but the willingness uh, to, to, to take these steps and to, to make change, that's positive. And, and so long as that translates into um, concrete, sensible actions from a policy perspective, that's when investors really start to pay attention. And so, uh, you know, we, we don't want to talk too soon, but certainly the, the early steps taken in Nigeria are positive, um, you know, but... Um, we've seen this movie before, so we're cautious. Uh, but but 
but you know, certainly the valuations on the Nigerian exchange are, are, are reflective of kind of doomsday scenario. So, a uh, good opportunity. Uh, let's move further south to to directly across our borders, Zimbabwe and Zimplatz. And I've mentioned two things which probably have most <laughs> most investors diving for under their bed: Zimbabwe and PGMs. But actually, yeah. you're saying, hang on a sec, that, that they're not faring too badly. And, and as I understand it, they're actually sort of further down the cost curve than than many of our own PGM miners. Yeah, definitely. So, so I think uh, if we look at Zimplatz, uh, you know, the, the asset itself, I think um, probably outside of Mokhonelakena in South Africa, it, it might be the best PGM asset in the world. Uh, you know, the, the the problem or investors see is that it's in a place called Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. um, and so you got to ask yourself, well, what does this mean, right? So, so the risks are um, rightly or wrongly all these big Zimbabwe risks that we talk about. Um, but if you look at the asset, the asset is, is, is low on the cost curve. You know, the management team is excellent. Um, the life of the asset is long. It's mechanized. The labor force is stable. It's got all the ingredients that you would normally want uh, outside of your view on the cyclical PGM prices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so from that perspective, um, we, you know, we've, we've held the share for a while. Um, yes, we're we cognizant of the risks of PGMs and the threat of electric vehicles and so on. Uh, but... You know, in a very extreme scenario, th- this would be one of the last remaining assets, we think, in, in that market. And then Eastern Tobacco, and, and, and this was a stock I, I, I had absolutely zero knowledge around until your, your note arrived <laughs> in, in my inbox. But, I mean, interesting, I mean, they've just done a, 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 a Egyptian government has sold a stake, which is, you know, valued at somewhat higher above than the spot price. And, again, th- this is, I suppose, what investing's around, is, is finding those, 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 those signals which, which, which give you information as, a, as an investor and Certainly, that's one of them. Yeah, exactly right. I think uh, uh, happy to say that the share price is now higher than that implied okay. price. But I think I think if we take a step back, it's, it, you know, if we think about Egypt and, and what's happened. So, uh, similar to many countries, you know, post COVID and post this Russia-Ukraine conflict, they've had um, macroeconomic challenges, especially mm-hmm. around foreign exchange and things like that, um, and. Um, they ran into debt problems, the balance of payment problems, the debt problem, IMF gets involved. And typically when the IMF gets involved, you know, they'll help you with certain terms and conditions. <laughs> and reducing the government's uh, involvement in the economy has been a big thing in Egypt, right? So the government is involved in various private, oh, not private sector, but state-owned enterprises mm-hmm. on the stock exchange and so on and so forth. Eastern was one of them. Um, and so it's an asset that uh, was easily monetizable. Um, and so, yes, Eastern, or the government managed to sell 30 of the, 30% of their 50% stake to a UAE investor at a, at a you know, significant premium to the then share price. Um, and, yeah, that's positive. So at least, you know, eventually value does come through. <laughs> yeah, and, and to the point, they're also trying to do some value locks. They've got property assets as well to those spin-off. But we'll leave it there. Come on, Governor Alan Gray, appreciate the early morning insights. That's it for today. Uh, the show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobohle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow in Victor Results. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.